Welcome, Ellis, to our Iris Pod live at the business show. Thank you for having me. It's day two, and uh, we've had a couple of live podcasts yesterday. You're our first podcast today. Ooh, thank you. Um, we heard you gave a keynote talk this morning at the same time as ours, actually, on unlocking your potential and the potential of your employees and your business. Yes. How was that? Can you tell us a little bit about what you talked about? Yeah, of course. Um, so, I am a business psychologist, so I help improve the relationship between businesses and the employees. Um, business psychology is often about the social social psychology and you know what people need, what makes people tick. And then you've also got the business needs, and often they don't necessarily align very easily. What the business needs and what the people needs might have a bit of discipline. So one of my jobs is to come into an organization and help you become more effective by trying to align both the business needs and what you need out of your employees. I see. And what I spoke about today was some key facts of how our change of plan and pace of working, so going to remote working or going to flexible working, agile, face-to-face -face in the office, um, it's all changed over the last few years. And we're making so many key mistakes on, and it's really impacting our motivation, our focus, our productivity, and businesses and individuals can do better to, to make sure they're reaching their full potential. What are so, some of the mistakes that we're making? So, Top three mistakes. I feel funny saying this to a technology company, but <laughs> technology can help and hinder you, okay. right? Um, and it's been amazing throughout the pandemic about how technology has really unlocked new found business. You know, we can work internationally, we can speak to people much quicker, and a lot of us have got used to working from home, working on Teams or, you know, one of those big video conferencing sites to be able to connect with people from around the world at the click of a button. Amazing, really helpful, apart from we're also often working back to back constantly on this in this always on culture. Yeah. We're not switching off, we're not taking any breaks, we're just sat at a desk all day going from back to back meetings and completely burning ourselves out. So what I was speaking about this morning was, you know, putting into place some boundaries, both with you as an individual. And as a business, you know, they should be encouraging you to look after yourselves and your well-being because otherwise you'll burn out, you'll be more stressed, you won't be as creative, as, you know, as productive. And I, I find that with the addition of technology, it's been great, but also not so great for our well-being. Do you think that technology has meant that people spend more time in meetings than if they were in the office? Absolutely. I mean, you know, I myself go from meeting to meeting to meeting because nowadays as well, when people can access your calendar and book in your time, you know, it's literally 12 o'clock meeting, one o'clock meeting, two o'clock meeting, and you're just kind of going through and going from one to one to one. Whereas in the workplace, you would actually, you know, finish a meeting, maybe go and get a cup of tea, maybe have a chat as, you know, before you have to walk from one room to another or... There was differences and kind of downtimes in between your meetings, but you don't necessarily get that online anymore. Yeah. 
And there's an extra mental effort required when you're in front of your computer, which we found as well, that you're struggling to hear people. You have to work extra hard to sort of understand who's speaking because in the live environment, you know that the person on your left is talking or it's a, actually things that your brain does that we would otherwise take for granted. Exactly. That adds to the mental fatigue. Exactly. You know, your brain literally works differently if you are in a room having face-to-face meetings, just like we are now, Yeah. compared to if I was having this podcast recording with you online, you know, our brains would be doing something completely different. Yeah. And it's so easy to lose focus and engagement when you are working online compared to in a face-to-face. Um, yeah. You've definitely felt that, and it's it's, it's a big issue. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what's, what are a couple of other mistakes that you can mention? Um, so the digital world, amazing, but I would also say that we need to make sure that we take a break from it. So it's about, you know, taking breaks in between your meetings and also, you know, taking a break from the digital world, still having some face-to-face meetings on you know, with our with our digital world, we're constantly getting notifications on our watches, our phones, our computers, um, and it interrupts the flow of our working. So actually having dedicated periods of time throughout your day to turn off, switch yeah. on, digital detox, and focus and engage. Um, I try and encourage as many people to maybe answer their emails at three portions of their day. And then the rest of the time, unless something urgent is coming in, you know, just turn them off. Actually take a step back from emails and focus on the tasks that you need to do. Many people I'm having conversations with now are busy but not productive. And I find that it's because their flow is being so constantly interrupted by all these other things. And they're not taking breaks to allow your brain to kind of rest, decompress, and then like refocus once you're ready to to go on to that next thing. And everyone's flow is different, right? I love what you said about connecting business leaders with their employees and sort of figuring out what the best fit is because yes yeah tell me more about that how you find that balance so i just like what you said as well about how everybody's flow is different so that was another point on my talk was cognitive diversity you know are you extroverted or introverted i'm extroverted for sure yeah but not everybody is yeah And so for some people, social environments can be really draining and that's fine, like that's absolutely fine. Um, And we need to respect people that have differences in the ways that they work. Do you like to listen to music when you work or do you like quiet? Sometimes, it depends on what I'm doing. Yeah, exactly. So that's something to take take into consideration. Um, I've met people who really like having music on when they work. I cannot. If music is on, I'm singing along with it, okay? Well, it's also and the different kinds of music. Is it instrumental or is it like the true. music you're jamming to? It's very true. Yeah. But imagine in an office environment, you know, you've either got to have your headphones on, which can be potentially difficult if you're having to work as a team. Yeah. Um, and then you've also, if you don't have the, the headphones, then you've got to listen to everyone else's music and that might be something that you don't appreciate. So, you know, there's differences in, in the ways that we work and how we want to work. Right. I personally also work in firsts, so I'm not necessarily productive all day. I like to have little moments where I very much, whether I like it or not, have moments of surges and motivation and focus. And that's quite common, you know, people aren't necessarily productive consistently um, and that's something that I try and utilize because I know that about myself 
and some businesses and individuals can do well to respect the fact that we all work differently and to utilize those skills in people and, and their needs will actually help you get further. So identify maybe someone likes their meetings stacked all together in the morning but wants to have some focus time in the afternoon. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. Um, so we talked about finding people's flow, and obviously we're all about audio and listening, and our yeah. our motto is to listen well. Yeah. Listening is key in any business. How can employees ensure that they're being heard? Not only the business leader is listening, but how, what can employees do to make sure they're being heard? See, that's quite a difficult question because, you know, if, if someone's not listening, it can be really difficult to make them listen. Um, I do encourage people, you know, if, if you don't feel you're being heard, shout louder, shout again, you know, to, to make sure that you're making your voice heard by telling the right people to, you know, repeat if you need to. Um, but I do think that a lot of the time, the listening responsibility comes from the workplace. Um, and the employees, you know, I'd, I'd love it if, if um, you know, they did have the confidence to say, hey, I want to make this change or, you know, I want to be listened to. But unfortunately, if you've got somebody who's not willing to listen, then it can be quite hard to continue to say what you want to say. And I guess that's even harder when you're losing your focus and working yeah. remotely or working when you've got these constant distractions. Exactly. Around yeah. And part of my job talks around psychological safety in the workplace. So that's all about, you know, being confident to be yourself, speak your mind and not have negative retributions afterwards. Yeah. And if you don't have that psychologically safe environment, that's down on the business. That's that's not necessarily an individual employee's responsibility to to kind of make that change. So how do you create psychological safety when you're mostly in office or mostly at home or with hybrid teams? I find that it's actually almost harder. It's easier if everyone's working remotely or if everyone's in the office, but the hybrid mix can be very challenging. How do you create how do you create psychological safety in all these environments? But Going back to what we said earlier about how everybody is different, yeah. you know, it depends. It's, it's honestly, my answer is that yeah, it yeah. depends because what makes me feel psychologically safe might not be what makes you feel psychologically safe. You know, some people enjoy having these roundtable type meetings where they can voice their opinions. Other people might prefer to do it anonymously. Um, some people would bring it up at work. Others might want to just think about it in their own time and then, I don't know, fill out again a survey or something, you know, put their ideas in a little box that they can put in the office. Um, some people, um, you know, they, they want to talk to some individuals more than others. Yeah. They might feel safer speaking to a colleague rather than their manager. Um, and maybe that's because of a personality difference. Um, perhaps there might be um, some concerns about how they would respond. So sometimes it can be down to leadership as well, you know, how the leadership teams right. are kind of uh, treating their staff and, and how they're responding to their staff. And how much they're opening up, right? I find that when yeah. I'm dealing with my team and if I'm concerned about something, like I share it, you know, it's like yeah. we're all human and that sort of creates a space of 
Exactly, you know, we call that lived experience. You know, if you share your lived experience, then often it motivates others to say, yes, me too, or here's my lived experience. So um, that can be a really valuable thing. But then other people might have this mindset of, businesses from work and I'm not going to share my personal experiences um, in the workplace but you cannot separate the two it's so hard right yeah. that, that goes into a whole other conversation around work-life balance and, yeah yeah do another podcast for that <laughs> absolutely yeah no it's a hard thing to, to manage well so yeah. tell me just a little bit about how people work with you do you do you come into the office how did, how long does it take for you to gather intel to give your advice like what is that like so again it depends <laughs> um it depends on the size of the organization and it depends on what it is that you need so often people do come to me when there might be a particular people concern maybe they're worried about their staff culture they've got high sickness absence high turnover lots of complaints um i work with a particular organization that um, had a lot of bullying and then uncovered really exactly yeah and um and so they might have a specific thing that they'd like me to investigate and try and help with. Okay. So then it depends on, you know, what's happening, how many people there are. Um, and then I will change my approach depending on what you need and what your organization needs. So I'll also look at the demographic of your staff, you know, how I would respond to an office environment might be different to how I would respond to a warehouse environment and so um, the whole ethos of what I do is person-centered approach or business-centered approach. Yeah. I won't just reel off a list of services to say you can do this, this and this. I much prefer to say tell me about you, tell me about your business, tell me about what's going on and then I can you know, mold around that to give you a high return of investment to make sure that what we do works. We work with a lot of call centers because they struggle obviously with a lot of background noise. They're on the I phone all day long. Yeah. And yeah, that, that whole element of helping people find their flow and then making sure that yeah, the well the well being of the agents they have a huge customer sorry, they have a huge employee churn because it's a very trading environment. So yeah, that's very interesting. And there's different organizational risks and stresses. Like yeah. for example in the call centers, you get a lot of abuse on the phone. Yes. Yeah. Or, you know, people just hanging up on you and not really wanting to have engage in the conversation at all. Yeah. Um and depending on what your call center does, there might be different risks. You know, I've had lots of conversations with financial centers, yeah. and the stresses at the moment, and the things that these people in the call centers are, are hearing um, are, are really concerning. Yeah. So you've got to understand the kind of niche of everyone's business, because a one-size-fits-all approach doesn't really work when it comes to people in business. Yeah, no, absolutely. People call in with problems most of the time or really big issues. That's when they need your help. So it's important to help agents deal with those issues, but also how not to absorb them because people are very empathetic and sort of absorb those emotions. And And you've got to support the agent because, you know, the things that you might hear or things that people might say to you might really affect you. Um, That's brilliant, Ellis. So Ellis gave a, a keynote speech today at the business show called Thriving at Work. Unlocking the potential of employees in business. Thank you. And it's going to be online for people to see post the fact. So. Yes, yes. We're going to do another live one. 
um, that people will see and then I'll make sure it's recorded and put on my website so then people can come and watch it anytime. Amazing, and we'll share the link as well. Thank you for joining us on the Iris Pod Live at the Business Show. Thanks for having me.